What's going on, fam? This is your host, Elijah Lodge Farabee, and you are tuned into the very first episode of Heart, Mind, and Jugular. So let's get into it. Once again, welcome back to Heart, Mind, and Jugular. My name is Elijah Ferriby. You can call me Lige if you are an affectionate type of person. If not, Elijah is totally fine. Um, and once again, welcome to the first episode of Heart, Mind, and Jugular. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to share a space um, where I can just, you know, be my authentic self and share the meditations of my heart, the thoughts of my mind, and hopefully convey them from my mouth in a way that is effective, not only for myself, but everyone else who was listening. I created this space because... As I just mentioned, I wanted a place to be authentically who I am, a place that um, is a form of social media that is not as suffocating as other forms or platforms of social media that we're on. There's no pictures. You know, right now there's no family members. Um, you know, th- there's no there's no uh, a, a direct, direct ability for people to comment on what you're saying in the moment. Not that I will not be mindful of what I'm saying, but there's something more relaxing and tranquil about having a space that is yours, just you and a microphone. If you're by a window or you're in your living room or something like that, you just have the ability to speak and not be looked at and not have the Opinions of others immediately jumping at you, unless you have a guest, which I will do soon. But I just wanted to start this episode to um, say hello and to say welcome to this space, this space where we will explore topics of life in general, mental health and well-being, faith, um, at some point sexuality, um, everything that comes with the life experience, um, individual experiences, the state of our world and any meditations of the heart that come forward. Um, Before we go any further, I want to give a a great shout out to my homegirl, Wasaba, Soul Queen Wu Sidibe. The art that you are seeing for the podcast, um, uh, once you clicked on it to to, to, uh, subscribe, she did that. And it's so funny because right before she did it, I sent her some designs I came came up with on Canva. And she nicely was like, you know what? Can I do some can I do some stuff for you? And if you all could see it, like I don't know if I don't know if you've ever done this, but I just thought my design was fire. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hit him with this, and I'm gonna throw a little flame in there, and you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it looking real, you know, real decked out and uh, uh, uh. and then you see someone who is an actual artist and you're like, you know what? This is why you have the gifts that you have. This is why you do these kind of things. And it's not to say that you don't have creativity if you are not an artist. But there are just some people, you know, who just they, they have a little bit more of, of a talent or a gift or, or a, a pull to these things to help those of us who may be a little challenged in those areas. So, again, I want to say thank you to my homegirl and friend, Wasaba, Soul Queen Wu on Instagram, Sidibe, Um And she'll be a guest on this show um, pretty soon, uh, you know, when I get everything uh, kind of up and running to its fullest extent. But um, I digress. So once again, I created this space um, so that we can have difficult conversations, so that we can have a place to authentically listen and reflect. And I, I encourage you um, to write down, you know, if something something speaks to you, 
Um, I'm not here to make anybody agree with me. I'm not here to be disrespectful to anyone. I'm here to simply share my opinion and my view with others um, and as others come on. And I hope that this space, um, no, this space will be one that is safe for people. This space will be one where we can have have conversation um, where we can agree, where we can disagree, but we can do so in a way that is loving. Um, just as a disclaimer, I am a person of Christian faith. Um, I do believe in Jesus, but that does not mean that I do not have people or will not have people um, who come on here who do not believe like me because I'm someone who believes in, in the beauty of all of creation from humanity to the smallest ant, and, and even in creatures like rats. And I cannot, if you know me, I cannot stand rats. And now that you're getting to know me, know that I cannot stand rodents, but even they serve a purpose in our world of creation. So that's to say there will be some conversations about faith, you know, my own faith journey, uh, what that looks like, um, the faiths of others, um, what that looks like, and um, all of the things that come with that. But in this space, we will also have conversations about trauma, you know, serious, serious, serious things that we face, um, that communities face. Um, every community that ranges from uh, the one that I'm, a, well, one of the communities I'm part of, the African-American black community in this country. Um, I have friends who are part of other communities that face certain traumas. And all, and all the things that come with the experience of having lived and survived through trauma. What it looks like to combat that, what it looks like to heal from that, and what it looks like to address and help others who are experiencing it. And how we, regardless of where you stand in life, how we can confront that in unity with one another. Um, and so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to be here with all of you. Uh, this podcast is the very first one. So um, the only thing that I could promise you right now that I know how to do as I continue to learn and watch YouTube videos and get advice from other people is how to record and post. So the better we get, the further we get, the better the quality we'll get. Um, but just thank you for tuning in anyway. And so with that, um, you've seen the name of the episode. Um, today we are talking about the pressure to suppress the black thought on social media, um, or rather spaces that deem themselves places for authentic voice. We'll just say spaces for authentic voice. And before we unpack that, my experience with that, um, and some of the things that have come with that, I want to first take a moment to... Honor the life of George Floyd. Um, as you know, this week in the news, we witnessed the murder of an innocent black man. We witnessed the devaluing, the active devaluing of the black body in our nation on all, all areas in which video can be shared, all, all forms of media. Um, We've, with, we've witnessed a modern-day active lynching of a black person, a black man, a black human being, a human being primarily, um, in a place, in a world, in a nation, rather, that says it is for liberty and justice for all. And I want to take a moment to honor him because... He's not just another name. You know, I know we have this hashtag that says, you know, that or that goes, you know, say this person's name, um, do all this other stuff. But he is not just a name. He is 
a human first. He is a soul. He is important. He is, he is, and he was someone's brother, someone's father, someone's best friend, someone's uncle, someone, most importantly. And we watched those or some of those who promised to protect and to serve communities and all that exists within them take his life, kill him, murder him, lynch him, think themselves so highly and to think themselves so powerful to take his life away simply because they could. And sadness is not enough to say or not enough to communicate what I have been feeling this week about that um, because it's only one drop in the bucket for what I feel. And though I do not speak for the entire African-American community in this, in this nation, um, collectively, there has been a black lament for his life, for him, for blackness in this nation, where it is praised for its talents, praised for its innovation, praised for the things that it has created, praised for um, those who have been birthed from it and the things that they've done to shape this nation, but demonized simply for the colors or the hues of skin and the features of bones and, and um, the, the texture of hair patterns that come from it. Everything else is appreciated about blackness except blackness in this nation and arguably, not even arguably, we, we know that it, it, the same goes for in this world. So I'd like to take a moment of silence to honor George Floyd and his life um, and all that he meant to people, all that he means to us, all that came with and from his life and his living, um, the ways in which he touched those in the world while he was here. Um, so if you would just pause for a moment with me to, to give him honor, um, to give him space to be heard, um, to give him to give him a moment of remembrance a moment to basically say you matter you mattered and you will continue to matter to us so with that on the topic of police brutality more specifically and more recently George Floyd and Ahmaud, and Ahmaud Arbery um I want to talk about right now my experience with the pressures of social media um, in suppressing black lament and black voice. Um, today's episode won't be too long um, simply because I'm still in the midst of processing how I feel, continuing to process what what this all means to me. You know, once once you've seen uh, peacefulness, peaceful protest, you know, um, just 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 bargaining for life for respect um speaking up against injustice um in a matter that does not destroy the lives of others in a matter that simply says we deserve to be we deserve to be here we deserve to be treated with just as much respect as you would give anybody else who looks different from us we deserve life because we were given it it was gifted to not only you and your wealth or your money or your family or your dogs and your horses and grandpapa from back in the day. No, it was given to us as well. And we are valued. We are we are worthy of life and space in this world that does not have to be 
argued for. That does not have to be debated. We matter because we are here. We matter because we share this platform of life with all of you. And to see that fall upon deaf ears time and time again, it, it leaves, it's left me in a space of, I'm not in hopelessness, but a space of what's next? Where do we go from here? What does that look like? For me, God, what does that even mean for you, for us? What do you want us to do? Because I'll be honest, I'm not really sure. I can't say that I'm sure. I can't say that I know. But all I can tell you right now is that I'm still in the process of it. I'm still processing. A homeboy of mine, an undergrad, one time said to one time said to me. Um, I asked him. I said, uh, "Bro, Elton, how was your day, man? You know, what what, what are you doing? We were we were uh, roommates in undergrad, and he came in, and Elton was just such an interesting interesting individual who I still love very much. Um, he came in, and I'm going to imitate his voice. So get ready. He came in, and he said, "Hey, Elijah, how's it going?" I said, "I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you?" He said, uh, you know, I'm well, I'm well. I said, okay, cool. You know, me, I was ready, just woke up from a nap, didn't really feel like being bothered, but being the uh, uh, hospitable, I don't even know if hospitable is the word, but being um, a socially uh, grafted person who, who loves to do things like ask people about their day, even when I don't feel like it, or rather has been trained to do those things, um, I was just, you know, just making basic conversation. And so he said something to me that I'm now finally understanding has weight, has weight to it and meaning. Um, because Elton always said things with intentionality, regardless of how bizarre they may have sounded to me. Now, in retrospect, they make a lot of sense. So I said, Elton, you know, how was your day? Um, I want to say that, it's in, that it was enjoying. And now me, I'm like, enjoying? Who says that? Enjoying? And so he goes, yeah, I'm enjoying. I said, oh. You meant to say that you enjoyed it. He goes, uh, mm, no, no. I said enjoying because I'm still in the process of enjoying it. And I just didn't know what to do with that. I felt like he was being difficult. <clears throat> Excuse me. I felt like he was being um, just ridiculous and saying so. But now, when, as I find myself in the space of still being in the midst of what might have passed already or what is still present, um, regardless of the time that, that's elapsed since it's been present, I, I am understanding what it is like to be in the midst of something and to not be at the end of whatever it is that you began. For me, that's emotion. For me, that's thought. For me, that's the process of what this means for me and people who look like me in this nation. Um, <clears throat> so I just wanted to insert that there to tell, you know, Elton, if he's listening, just give him give him a little shout out for that. And thank you for that. But to also say to, to say it's OK to be in the process of still unpacking, especially for my black people. You don't owe anybody a final explanation of how you feel. You don't owe anyone um, a definitive answer for how you feel. You do not have to feel swayed to participate in, in if there is an argument, one side of the argument or the other, because you are experiencing a trauma that is continually reignited. Uh, uh, something I learned while, while in seminary um, in pastoral care and counseling, shout out to Dr. Cedric Johnson for, for teaching us this, um, but a collective cultural trauma that is remembered through generations, even if it's not does not physically present itself in the exact same way that it did when it first began. And through centuries of, of, of black mistreatment, black devaluization, um, black marginalization in this country for the past 
how many years has it been? 13 years um, that I can remember, starting with Sean Bell in, in New York. Um, it's continually activated all the time. You see bodies, you see the, the person is killed. It's posted all over social media. And there's an air of hopelessness as to what to do. Because you know that if you act up, you may risk losing your life or, or, going, or, or be locked away forever from your family. Which is probably a fate worse than death. Um, you know that if you, if you speak out too quote unquote harshly, you run the risk of breaking relationships. Especially relationships that you value and even professional relationships. And so then what do you do with that? When you are constantly under the watchful eye of somebody while you are processing and experiencing an existence that is not your fault in the way that others view you. What do you do? I remember back in 2016, um, the year that Philando Castile was killed, I believe. And I believe also Alton Sterling was also killed that same year. Um, before I started working full time, um, I shared the meditations of my heart on Facebook. And it was rage. All I could speak was rage. I did not have words of, of, you know, we need to just pray for them. We need to just, you know, forgive. We need to this, we need to that. And which is not how I subscribe to things anyway. I'm a very big, 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 large advocate for prayer, love prayer, love communicating with my creator in that way. But I don't always know that we are called to only be that way in situations that go beyond human capacity of action sometimes. Um, or what seems like the, the um, out of reach for, for human action to, to accomplish, to confront, to overcome, whatever. Um, and so with that, uh, I posted some things. Can't really remember. If I find the post, you know, I may address it next episode. Um, but I remember I had two white colleagues basically inbox me on Facebook. One asked me for clarity on what I meant, why I said what I said, um, more so why I said what I said from a tone of, you know, why would you say that? You know, and then one who basically said to me that they could not, they wanted to say things to their family, but because of the relationships that they had and because of fear of how their family would react, um, they chose not to because they didn't want to burn bridges, so to speak. And so with that, it made me think, and I'm like, you know, why am I being policed about what I say and how I feel? Especially when I'm saying it in a way that does not call for harm to other people. Especially for when it, when it comes from a way, or, or rather it's said in a way that does not uh, promote the dehumanizing of other people, the marginalization or, or ostracizing of other people. Why, why is it that black voices, when it comes to lamenting and speaking up against about the, the violences and injustices that we Experience in, experience in this country and in this world, why is it always met with rebuttal? Why is it always met with challenge? Why can't you just believe what is said, especially when you see it time and time and time again? Why can't you understand that we are experiencing something that you do not have to experience? In a job that I work, I go to certain parts of the country where before I go, my mother has to give me pep talks, you know, even though you know, I already know these things, you know, in so many, res so many respects. She's my mother, so she will always look out for me. And I, I guess I will always be her baby. Um, but she has to give me pep talks about being careful in these nations because of, or rather these, these, these states because of how they act. 
you have to be careful when you go here because of this. Oh, you're going here? Are you going with somebody? Or, or what's happening with her fear as a black mother to a black son and black children is warranted because of how we are treated in this nation, because of how we are looked at in this nation as expendable. When we know that to be true, when we look into history and when we look into what's continually being perpetuated, why is it always an argument? Why is it always up for challenge? The other day, a friend of mine shared a post on Facebook. Again, Facebook, I guess, is the common denominator in this situation. But shared a post on Facebook about, you know, the death again of George Floyd. And there were people who were very much not the same ethnicity as him who commented and said things like, well, how come when black people kill black people, it isn't, it isn't, you know, put out there? Why is it only when an officer does it? How come, you know, black people can't just move along? Why can't you guys, why can't you guys, you know, just get over it? And for the first time in a long time, I did not have the wherewithal within me to argue with somebody on Facebook. Because if you cannot see the value of life of someone or a group of people um, who are continually abused and mistreated and, and their lives are always up for debate or, or rather their the killings of their lives are always met with some type of rebuttal, then what type of person are you? What do you actually believe in? You can scream and shout unity and justice for all and, and um, you know be as liberal in, in for all, quote unquote, all life as you want to. But then when it comes to topics like this, they're met with rebuttal. When it comes to topics like this, they're met with silence, which may be worse than rebuttal, actually. Um, Black people are always under the watchful eye of other people and are never allowed or mostly never allowed to experience, to share, to speak, to say what's on their hearts. Why? Why? You know, and I was thinking about it and I've come to a point where I'm no longer going to apologize for how I feel, especially as it relates to experience of mine that you will never experience. Thoughts that you will never have to think in the way that I think them. Feelings you will never have to feel in the way that I think them. My brother went down to North Carolina a few weeks ago, and the first thing my mother and I said to him is, be careful. Be careful. Not because he was going cliff diving. Not because he was going in, a wood, in the woods that had a whole bunch of uh, 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 mountain lions that were running around. Not because he was getting, you know, canoeing in a lake or, or, or a river with a whole bunch of, of, of carnivorous animals in it. But because he was going to be around people in a state that is highly known for the devaluing of black life, the mistreatment of black bodies, and the hatred of, of, of black people in so many respects. And again, that's not to say everyone. Nothing that I say is to be taken as monolithic. But we know that racism and prejudice exist in higher and higher percentages, numbers, whatever, in certain parts of our world. That's a problem. That's a problem. And when black people express the discomfort and the frustration and the anger and the rage and the calls to action that we feel, it is not for you to debate. You who are not black, you who are not in that demographic, it is not for you to contest. It is not for you to fight against, when, especially when you see it actively happening. We saw George Floyd get killed on camera. He was killed. He was killed. It it's nothing up for debate with that. Why do black people always have to be under the watchful eye? It is unfair and it is not right. We too have, are allowed to experience. We don't need anybody's permission. 
We don't need to ask for experience to, to or we, rather, we don't need to ask for permission to, to say what's on our hearts and on our minds in any other capacity. When, when, when African-Americans are excelling in everything else. Athleticism, science, entertainment, literature, and the list goes on and on. What is it about the mindset of our nation and the heart of our nation that makes us promote this idea that black life is to be questioned? My pastor likes to say America has a heart problem. Shout out to my pastor, Joe Daniels. America has a heart problem. And it's true. And it's true. Because we love to scream, I'm with you. We are in solidarity. We are here. We care, so on and so forth. And then, you know, those of us who are not black, well, those who are not black, I'm black, but those who are not black go into their spaces, into their workplaces and their places of worship, into their family gatherings. And, and you hear someone possibly say something very problematic about black people, prejudice, you know, or, or something racist or something just demonic and wicked. But you don't confront. So then what does it matter? But then turn around in that same breath and then want to police the way that black people feel on social media platforms. We got to do better. We've got to do better. We have got to do better. Social media is a help and it's a hindrance. Social media helps to spread the word. It helps to inform people. But also, unfortunately, most of the time, it comes from the standpoint, even like a podcast, comes from the standpoint of somebody's opinion and somebody's thoughts, which is not bad because we have people who have great thoughts. We have people who have great opinions and views. But it is not a place for you to contest the value of somebody else's life, especially when you see somebody else getting killed or being hurt or harmed in any way. There's no need for me to bring up any, any other group at this moment who does not get contested. But stop doing it to black people. Stop, stop not allowing black people to feel. Black people continue to feel and do what you need to do and say what you need to say. I mean, <laughs> I would say be mindful of, <laughs> of, of how far you go because of the things that could be used. But allow voices to be heard. We, want to, we say that these are spaces for authenticity, then let them be that. Let people say what's on their hearts. Let people feel. Let people be. Let people lament. It's not for you to argue against. It's not for you to rebuttal. It's not for you to try to put down. It's simply for you to hear, to listen, to listen, listen, not speak, listen. And that goes for anybody else that experiences a problem. If you are not a part of that group and they are speaking out to you, keep your opinions to yourself and listen. Everything is not an initial argument. Listen. Many of us, including myself, have a problem with listening. But let us all agree and promise to do better at listening as we relate to and speak with one another. That's all I got for you this week. Hopefully you'll join me again when the next episode is posted soon. Um, thank you for being in this space. And listen. Just listen. This is Elijah signing out. Talk to you soon.